Our second scripture for today is from the sixth chapter of Luke, verses 6 through 11. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught, and there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might find an accusation against him. Even though he knew what they were thinking, he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come and stand here. He got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? to save life or destroy it. After looking around at all of them, he said to him, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Here ends the reading of the scriptures for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's think about our hands for a little bit here this morning. Uh, I think uh, we take our hands for granted, don't we? <laughs> we, uh, we use our hands. We don't think about how, how, how very, very important they are to us. And I was thinking how our hands allow us to live independently. You know, what I mean by saying that is um, our hands allow us to, uh, to clothe ourselves, to bathe ourselves. Uh, they uh, allow us to grab a steering wheel and drive our cars, uh, places and so forth, and not have to depend upon others. If we didn't have our hands, could we do those things? Well, no, we couldn't. So uh, our, our hands uh, are just so... Uh, so so very very important to us now i'm, I'm right-handed how many right-handed handed folks we have here quite a few any any south south paws here oh there we got a few south paws okay very good well yeah most people i think are right-handed and left-handed as our little survey has just uh, shown here <clears throat> you know they say left-handers are more creative okay james said that left-handed people are more creative so we'll take them take it take that <laughs> Uh, I, 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 you know, if, if, if we got to lose a hand, if you got to lose a hand, you want to lose the one, you know, if I'm going to lose, I'm right-handed, so if I'm going to lose a hand, I want to lose this one, right? <laughs> I can't think of ever, I can't think of, I can't imagine trying to learn to write with my left hand. <laughs> and even worse than that, could I feed myself with my left hand? Now, that's the question. How well could I feed myself with my left hand? Boy, that would be um, quite a dilemma. So look at your hands. Look at your, just look down at your hands right now. Just look at them. And let's say together. Let me say it one time. You can say it with me after that. Thank God for healthy, strong hands. Can you say that with me? Thank God for healthy, strong hands. Amen. Amen. Well, here Jesus is in the synagogue. And there's a man there with a withered hand. Now, we don't know why it was withered. Maybe he probably got it injured. Probably got it banged up somehow and it just withered away. And uh, we don't know if it was the man's favorite hand or not. 
but it was not good. Uh, uh, back then, of course, most people worked with their hands, literally worked with their hands. You know, they were farmers, they were shepherds, they were craftsmen. Um, they needed their hands to make a living. Um, so here's Jesus now. He's in the synagogue. <clears throat> There's a man there with his withered hand. So let me ask you this question. <clears throat> Why did Jesus uh, bring up this issue with this man? <clears throat> I mean, he's there in the synagogue. He's there with uh, these uh, scribes and Pharisees and other religious leaders who have very, 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 very strict rules about the Sabbath. So here Jesus is wanting to deal with this man with a withered hand on the Sabbath in the synagogue. Why didn't he wait? Why didn't he wait till Sabbath was over to heal the man? Uh, why did he do this in the synagogue? Why didn't he do it someplace else? Why didn't he heal the man someplace else? Who knows? But quite honestly, Jesus stirred the pot here, didn't he? He was stirring the pot by dealing with this man on the Sabbath in a synagogue, surrounded by people who didn't like him, just didn't like Jesus. Um, I think part of the answer to the question as to why Jesus healed the man in the synagogue on the Sabbath, it was to reinforce something he'd already shared with uh, the Pharisees. See, this, this passage in Luke is just after the passage that I shared on last week with you from the Gospel of Matthew, where his disciples were in the field, in the wheat field, they were going through and they were hungry. And so they took the heads of grain and they were, you know, getting the heads of grain and just popping them in their mouth. And of course the Pharisees said, this is the Sabbath. You can't be, you can't be doing that on the Sabbath. Why are your people doing that? And Jesus talked about David and talked about even the re religious leaders of breaking the Sabbath when they work on the Sabbath. But then Jesus said this. He said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the one who made the Sabbath. I'm the one who, who set this whole system up. And I'm telling you, what my men are doing is not, is not wrong. It's not sinful. So he's reinforcing this point here now. And he says to the, to the people there in the synagogue, tell me this, on the Sabbath, should you do good or should you do things that destroy people's lives? You tell me. Do you do good on the Sabbath or do you do things that destroy people's lives on the Sabbath? You tell me. Now, now Jesus was not opposed to the idea of Sabbath. He wasn't saying that. It was part of the Jewish law. It was part, part of the Ten Commandments. But again, uh, religious leaders had added, added so many other rules, so many other rules to the whole thing that it just got ridiculous. It just got ridiculous. So Jesus was the, reinforcing the fact there in the synagogue on the Sabbath, hey, I, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I, I, I really define the Sabbath. And I'm saying that if you have the opportunity to do good on the Sabbath, you do good. You don't do things that would harm people or destroy people. So the man comes forward. Jesus calls the man, come, come. He comes forward. He's in front of everybody. And Jesus simply tells the man to stretch out his hand. And as he stretches out his hand, think about it. As he stretches out his hand, the Lord of creation 
commanded the forces of nature to reinstitute that man's hand. Wow. Just, just, just by the man extending his hand, Jesus commanded uh, nature, the creation, to reinstitute that man's hand. His hand was healthy again, was healthy again. So Jesus was in the world to do good. He was in the world to save life. His hands touched the eyes of blind people and restored their sight. His hands broke those loaves of bread and the two fish for thousands of people to eat. It was his hands that broke the bread and broke, broke the fish. But most significantly, he let the soldiers take his hands, put his hands on that cross and put nails into his hands. And he died on the cross. That's the most significant thing Jesus did with his hands. He, he, gave, him, he gave himself up at the cross for our forgiveness. And that was a good thing. Now we think of that as a bad thing. And it was a bad thing, what they did to Jesus. But it was good for us. It provided our salvation. So the scribes and the Pharisees decided they were going to use their hands to do what? To destroy Jesus. One way or another, they were going to get rid of this guy. The Bible says they were furious. You know, furious is like up here from anger. <laughs> now, you can be angry, but when you're furious, you know, you're just, we've got to deal with this guy one way or another. And this was in the early part of Jesus' ministry. But they were, they were, going, they were going to get rid of him one way or another. So Jesus would not live according to the definitions, the rules, and the policies that the scribes and Pharisees had set up. They had uh, rules for how to live on the Sabbath, and Jesus wouldn't follow them. They had a system worked out that they thought was very good, and then here comes Jesus. He blows the whole thing up, <laughs> their teachings and their rules. The scribes and Pharisees couldn't grasp, they would not accept the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Lord of the Sabbath. He was the Lord of everything, of everything. But they, they, they weren't going to accept that. They weren't going to accept that. Jesus and his Father knew what the Sabbath was to be all about, but these Jewish leaders with all their rules upon rules upon rules had gone far beyond what God intended for the Sabbath. And Jesus was trying to deal with that. So we need to ask ourselves today, <clears throat> how am I using my hands? How do I use my hands? How do I show my love for God and my love for others by how I use my hands? Are we following Jesus as our Lord and how we use our hands? Are our hands doing good? Are our hands saving lives? Do we use our hands to pick up the phone and talk to a friend, an acquaintance, someone who's lonely after they've lost their spouse or their family, someone has had surgery? We just take our hands, just grab that thing and just, how you doing? How's it going? Just wanted to say hi. Doesn't have to be a long call. It's the call that counts, not how long it is, right? It's the count that counts. Are we using our hands to 
prepare food for a neighbor who we know is, is sick and just needs some help for a while? Are we using our hands to care for that older person next door who's really struggling financially when their grass is getting so high and they need some help? They need someone to just knock that grass down for them. Are we using our hands to help that young family that's so busy with all those children? They were working, both of them were working, they're raising their kids, and life is pretty crazy. Are we thinking of ways we can step in and just bless them with all the challenges they face as a young family? <laughs> our hands can just sit limp in our laps, on the arms of our favorite chair at home, <clears throat> changing channels, you know? Is that what our hands are supposed to be about? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, there's nothing wrong with watching TV. There's no rules about how much you watch TV. But sometimes those hands could be doing other things. You know, we can use our hands to make dramatic gestures you know, you know, whatever. But how much are we following through with what we say after we say it, after we use our dramatic gestures? God gave us our hands for the same reason Jesus had hands, and that is to help one another, to do good for one another, certainly not to harm one another. <clears throat> Perhaps more than any other part of our bodies, God looks at our hands when he evaluates how we're living as one of his children. He looks at our hands. He follows our hands. Are we living like God's beloved son? Or are we, although we hate to admit it, a bit like, maybe quite a bit like the scribes and Pharisees? condemning people, using our hands one way or another to harm people. How often do we, like the scribes and Pharisees, say or express with our nonverbal hand gestures or in other nonverbal ways that we do not accept others unless they're pretty much just like us, just like us? They gotta dress like us, they gotta smell as good as we smell. They gotta live in housing similar to our housing, they gotta drive a car similar to our car. They gotta live in our part of the town that we live in. You know, it's just so easy to cluster together with people who are pretty much like us. But that's not the church. The church reaches out to those who need our care. Doesn't matter who they are, what their circumstances are. We bridge that gap. Why? Because Jesus bridged the gap, right? He became one of us to share in life with us. Um, rejecting people because they aren't like us is doing harm to others and slowly but surely destroying their lives. We've got to ask ourselves, do I live more like a Pharisee or like a Christian? And I like what the Apostle Paul has to say about this. In Romans chapter 15, beginning of verse 1, 
Paul says this. Romans chapter 15, beginning of verse 1. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever, our, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.